Hello there and welcome back in to the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. I'm your host, Sam Hyde, and I'm so excited that you are joining us today. Now, if you have ever started a direct selling business, you would have heard the R word drilled into you so much that you felt a cringe perhaps when you thought about it. The word I'm talking about here is recruiting. And we all know that this is a critically important part of growing any direct selling business, whether you are in party plan, network marketing, or you identify as MLM. But the bottom line is that for vast majority of people, this is a scary topic. Scary because number one, what if people say no? Scary because we're afraid that we don't have the authority and we don't have the right to ask. And scary, I believe, also because for many of us, we aren't yet convinced that we should be asking other people to join a business that we're still growing ourselves. So in this episode, I've pulled in the beautiful Christine Tiley. Christine has an incredible story, and this is not her first time on this podcast. If you want to go back and listen to her previous episode, I highly recommend that you do, and I'll put it in the show notes. But the thing I love about Christine is she herself admits that not only was she shy starting this business, not only did she literally vomit before she did her first few parties and demonstrations, But she also had a really rocky start for the first two years of her business until she mastered the art of recruiting. Christine, in this episode, will talk about that journey. But today, she has a business that just over the last 12 months alone has over 7,000 people in her team. She turned over a $20 million revenue or over a $20 million revenue last year, and she has grown herself an empire of a business. But she started somewhere. And she talks about that somewhere because for her, this was a really scary process as well. And it wasn't until she mastered the art of recruiting and she gives you the tips and tricks to do this right from the bare bones of growing a business, not from the perspective of someone who's built an empire, but from the perspective of somebody who knows what it's like to start from the very beginning. Christine shares that story. She shares some tips and tricks along the way. And I know that you're going to walk away from this episode with some implementable things and also a different mindset around recruiting. So if this has ever been a challenge for you, or there's anyone in your team or anyone you know in this industry who has struggled with the R word, please share this episode with them. We'd love to impact more people. That's our mission. So help us to help other people grow their businesses as well. I know this episode is very timely for many, many people. So that's it from me. I'm going to hand over now to the interview that I did with Christine. I know you're going to love this. She is one of my favorite people in the world. I love Christine. I know you're going to love her too. So grab yourself a cup of tea or coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. I am so excited to be joined for a second time by the beautiful Christine Tiley. Thank you so much for joining us again, Christine. It is such an honor to be back. I love it here. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it's such an honor. And look, there is a reason that you're in here. I mean, you have achieved so much in your business. And if anyone listened to the previous podcast episode with you, you spoke um, about your incredible story uh, growing your business in direct selling. Uh, you, I've got to say, you know, hold the trophy for the um, first and only person that's actually made me cry on a podcast episode. So thank you for that. <laughs> Dubious honor. Oh, no, it's really funny because Greg would have cracked way sooner than me, but you you did a very good job there. But look, in all honesty, um, you've got an incredible, incredible story and uh, and your passion for this industry just shines through everything that you do. Um, so thank you so much for that. And if anyone hasn't listened to that episode, you do need to go back and you need to listen to that one because uh, it's one of my very favorites um, and it, it really is a very special story. But 
Today we've got you back because uh, special things are happening uh, in your world and I really feel like they're impacting the world of many people around you um, and that is that you, uh, being an expert recruiter, uh, have also just recently released your first book, which is such an amazing accomplishment. So congratulations, first Thank of you. all. Thank you so much. It's very exciting. Yes, I'm excited. And I know that many of our uh, members have already purchased this book. I was just saying to you that I was on a, a coaching call with one of our beautiful Inner Circle members yesterday, and she was saying how impactful reading this book has already been for her. So I'm very excited for this interview. But just very quickly, um, for those that don't know who you are, you know, I got, I, I think we met. I'm going to say like maybe 18 months ago now, um, we were introduced through a very special friend of both of ours, Lisa McGinnis-Smith, who's also been a podcast guest here and done lots of trainings with our members. Um, but Christine, you are quite unique because you are not just a leader um, in the industry, a leader in the company that you're with, but in addition to that, you uh, by yourself grew a team of almost 7,000 people and uh, over the last, in your last 12 month period uh brought in a revenue of over 20 million dollars and i i just want to really quickly give you such a huge congratulations for that because that in itself is a massive accomplishment and so well done <laughs> thank you <laughs> definitely a group effort isn't it as a as a direct sales team i'm so blessed to have so many amazing people i work with and this is the thing, it, it, this is such an incredible industry in that way. It is a group effort uh, and you really lean in on that. You are amazing at leading your group, but you're also an expert when it comes to recruiting. And that's what I really wanted to chat with you about today. It is what your book is about, um, titled Growing Your Direct Sales Team. It is all about that recruiting process. And let's face it, the R word is something I think a lot of people get, you know, kind of the chills up the back of the spine when they think about it is one of the things that people struggle with the most in this industry. Um, and honestly, it's the question I get asked the most, how do I recruit better? And so I thought, why not pull in somebody who's not just an expert, but you're actually living it. You're doing it every day. This is how you grew your business. And I'm really excited to chat with you about this today. So again, thank you so much for joining us. But do you want to just quickly tell everyone just a little bit about you very quickly for those that haven't heard the previous episode and don't know who Christine Tyler is? <laughs> sure. I'll give you the couple of minute highlight reel, shall I? Well, that sounds <laughs> I've been in the industry for 20 years now, uh, but I did start out um, pretty slow. My first two years, I threw up before every party and hardly, well, literally didn't recruit anyone into my team for that first two mm -hmm. years. And then I went along to a um, national event, a big conference, and I was so inspired. And I went away and thought, right, I really see the potential here. I really want to do this. And um, it turns out I was still pretty crap at it. <laughs> the first 10 people I decided to recruit all said no. And um, I thought, oh, surely there's got to be somewhere I can go to where I can find a process for this. And um, I couldn't really find anything. So I just started trial and error and with my own intuition and eventually won the next year's national award for recruiting champion and set the global record for the company I'm with. And all of that was in the space of a year. But um, fast forward a little bit and um, I had three children. I was growing a, a, a big multi-million dollar business. I was very, very happy. And my precious six-year-old daughter, Sophie, was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia and was initially given only two weeks to live. Um, I'll fast forward to the good bit. She's fine. <laughs> She's been in remission for four years now. Um, but it was going through that process that I really understood the gift that I was given with my business. I was the only mother on the um, kids oncology ward that was able to keep bringing in an income. So we didn't have financial stress on top of emotional distress. And then 18 months into her um, journey battling leukemia, I had a series of strokes and aneurysms on the brain and was told I 
would probably be able to talk again, thank God, <laughs> but had a long process. I, they didn't think I'd necessarily be able to run or play any kind of sport again. And running my business was going to be a big challenge. And again, that was another lesson that the universe decided to send my way that, um, again, the blessing of my business, because when I wasn't able to do a lot, you know what? I was surrounded by a tribe of women who lifted me up and um, really rose to the occasion. And I am incredibly blessed and grateful for that. So a couple of times in my life, I really understood this is an industry that can make a massive, massive difference for people. Mm -hmm. And that's when I thought, right, I'm going to start writing a book. People have to know this. And I started with my blog and I realized it's not deep enough. I can't, I can't really sink my teeth into this and give people everything that they need to go from fear of recruiting to growing an empire. Uh, so I thought, okay, I've got to write it all in a book so that people can pick it up and, and learn from everything that I've been through learn all the trial and errors, see what works for them. I've put in, while Sophie was sick um, and I was recovering, I studied a whole bunch of positive psychology as well. Mm -hmm. And I put all of the, the lessons that I learned from there that I thought were most applicable to our industry. And um, so between my experiences, my 20 years of um, success in the industry and everything that I learned going through those processes, it's all funneled with so much love into the book so that I can pay, perhaps help somebody who needs that bit of extra income for their family or is going through their own health struggles and maybe can't go back to a career that they used to have or is a carer for a, a family member or a friend or a child and just decided that, you know what, quality time is more important than hours in an office. But, hey, they still need an income. And yeah. our industry is absolutely the answer for that. But people need a little bit of hand-holding and a little bit of nurturing and a little bit of extra love. And I felt that the blog just wasn't taking it far enough and deep enough. And, okay, a book. That's the answer. And I finally finished it. <laughs> I love that. It's super awesome. And you, you have put together a really beautiful book. I love it. It's actually a very practical book as well. So, you know, you've got spaces in here for people to fill things in uh, as they go. So it's it's doing the do as you go through. But one of the things that um, really strikes me about you, Christine, is just how determined you are. Um, you didn't mention just there, uh, which you, you did talk about in the previous podcast episode, um, about how you were given these diagnoses and instead of going, okay, you went no. And you said, I'm, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to do differently. You are now a karate champion, right? And I, I just need to hear the update. Where are you at with that right now? Because every time I talk to you, I feel like there's like been another, you know, sweep of awards come through and <laughs> accomplishments by your whole family in this space. You didn't just say, I will walk again. You went, I'm going to be a black belt in karate. I don't think my neurologist has ever met anyone quite like me. When they told me that, yeah, you might not live through the night and um, you're probably not going to ever run or play sport again if you do, I didn't hesitate. There was no processing that. It was like um, I may have sworn at him, which I won't repeat, but it <laughs> I love that. That's great. <laughs> I'm going to get a black belt in karate. Person who's going to save my life. <laughs> yeah. No way. You see, I'd already learned from Sophie. She, you know, she'd already defied the odds. I'm here learning from my six-year-old how to to not bow down to the doctor gods. I don't bow down to them. Sorry. <laughs> so my um. I guess I've always had a bit of a stubborn streak and mm. I'm told it made me a very challenging toddler. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes, but it's also made you an incredible businesswoman. And I guess what I kind of want to glean from you is, you know, has that determination been something you just naturally had or do you sometimes have to work on that? Have there been times where in your business you've gone, you know, I just, I feel like I could just sit on the couch today and there's so much stuff going on in my world. I don't necessarily feel like tackling a business today, but you did it anyway. And I'm just curious to know, were there times that you actually had to give yourself the pep talk to have that determination or did it, were you just naturally, that was just who you were? I do have a naturally very stubborn streak. It's almost like if somebody tells me you can't do it, that's like a gift to me. It's like, (laughs) just watch me, buddy. (laughs) But of course I'm human. There were days when I was so devastated because I I went from, you know, just talking about me personally, I went from a high-flying business person who could, you know, stand up in front of crowds of hundreds and give a speech to I I struggled to be able to talk for a period of time and Mm -hmm. there was no guarantees despite my stubborn um, response that I would ever be able to do what I'm doing now and have a conversation without lengthy lags while I was trying to process. What was that word again? Mm. And, of course, that's just devastating. And um, Mm. I I think um, I I was kind of lucky that I decided to, you know, do a couple of courses. I did one through Harvard, one through Yale, just not full degrees, just subjects of them. But I picked and chose ones that I thought were, going to give me the best kind of information. I'm so glad I did because Mm. I had proven scientific methods that I could call on to make a difference. And some of the things that I did with Sophie, I applied to myself. And Mm. um, I've put a lot of, you know, a lot of hints and tips and ideas and ways to think about your brain and, and how you process information in the book to help people learn from that so that when they have a day, you know, like I'm often coaching a team member through, it's really disheartening if you get three no's in a row. You feel, you know, if you're not taught how to deal with that, it can be feeling really personal and very difficult to, uh, to overcome. And perhaps because I'd learned how to overcome those kinds of hurdles through my business, Perhaps I was more prepared to deal with life when, you know, those really massive hurdles were were thrown at me. Um, So maybe this business is kind of setting us up for, yeah, exactly, for being the best person we can be in life. And so if that's the case, then seeing this business and learning how to recruit and learning how to master your mindset in that process, who knows what it's setting you up for outside of business as well. And I truly believe that what we have here, the opportunity within direct sales is multi-leveled in in what it can do for for a person and for a family. Yeah. You know, it's such an amazing way to look at things, Christine. Uh, and I really, uh, appreciate that angle. Uh, it's, it's, it's so true that, you know, and we, I've, I've spoken to you before about my very first experience, not just in this industry, but also with cold calling and, you know, how that was probably one of the best training grounds I could have ever got. It was one of the hardest, um, jobs I could have ever done, but learning how to handle the no was, was great, not just in the business, but in so many different ways. Um, but I really love what you said about that and, and how this industry, you know, not only supported you through all of those things, it built you a community of people that stood around you, but it, it also helped you have the strength to get through some of those times um, is really, really powerful. Now, I know that for a lot of people listening to this, I know recruiting is one of their greatest challenges. Let's face it, it's confrontational. Uh, if you don't, if you're not, you currently sold on it. It's going to be very hard for you to sell somebody else. I know that's a big problem for a lot of people, but Christine, you've come up against, you know, with, with almost 7,000 people in your team alone, you know, you have worked with a lot of people. You do a lot of one-on-one coaching. What are some of the most common mistakes you see that get in the way of people recruiting successfully? Gosh, there's, 
Number one seems to encompass a, a huge number of subsets within, but the biggest mistake is that people just don't even try, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. <laughs> they, they just yep. completely leave it out. It's like I'm just, mm. it's like the elephant in the room. I'm not even going to talk about this business because then you'll feel like I'm trying to recruit you. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. mm. <laughs> well, that's a problem. So um, I, and I've been there. I felt like, oh, I don't want to be that spammy person. I don't want to be the one that people cross the road to avoid, uh, you know, and I just decided, okay, I'm going to have to find a way. If I'm going to get the goals that I've set for myself, I have to find a way that feels comfortable mm. for me, but I can't just yeah. ignore it. That's not going to get me anywhere. And um, so I, I share in the book all the different things that I tried. But, um, uh, yeah, number one is they won't even try. And number two is if they find somebody who is interested, they've shown interest, they won't even follow up. <laughs> they, don't, mm. they, don't, yep. they don't even call back. They don't even send a text message. Yep. It's like yep. they're so afraid that that one person that they finally found that might be interested might say no that they won't even find out. <laughs> yep. And when I, um, you know, talk to them about the fact, well, um, aren't you kind of being a little bit rude? <laughs> <laughs> they've said they're interested and that they would mm -hmm. like some information, um, you're just doing the world's worst customer service if you don't even follow up. And sometimes just shifting the way you view what you're mm -hmm. doing and, and how you're treating the business is all it takes to, to shift what you're willing to do, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I think um, it, it's that mindset around if I re if recruiting is about doing something for me instead of it's it's almost like a forgetting that you're helping somebody else. You're giving somebody else an opportunity, and and it's almost like we need to sell ourselves first, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like both of those problems, those mistakes, <laughs> come from not being sold ourselves. We don't yet truly believe the benefit of being in this business. And so sometimes we need to sort of sit down and, you know, one of the techniques that we talk about inside of our Rise Up Inner Circle is with any of these things is to sit down and write out 50 reasons why this is a must for you, for the people around you, for the world around you, uh, for the legacy you leave when you, you know, leave this world behind. Why is this a must that you do this? Because sometimes the person that needs the convincing is actually the person that's trying to do the convincing. Um, and people can smell it if they know that you're not 100% convinced that this is right. And I really do believe when it comes to recruiting, this is one of the great challenges. Um, and I know for you, Christine, your recruiting technique often comes back to those stories you tell about the impact it's had on you. Um, because really, stories are what we buy, right? Mm. But how many times have we stopped and thought about what are some of the things this business has done for me that I could openly share because we think people are not interested in that. Yeah. And I think sometimes, especially somebody new to the business, thinks, oh, well, I can't recruit like my upline because she or he has got so much more experience and so much more success. So I like to bring it back to teaching people how I recruited my first few people. Because yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, she didn't have success yet. So what did mm. you do? How did you get it started? And everybody can be successful no matter where they're at in their business and how yeah. little they've achieved. Because you can sometimes if you share a big story, for example, I have a lot of, you know, new people who say, oh, my team leader's been to, you know, China or Japan or you know, some international trip or they've got a car. It's like it doesn't feel real to the consultant on the ground and to the people mm. who are thinking about maybe joining. It's like, oh, yeah, but I'm not going to be that good. What you have yeah. to do is make it about what's in it for them that they could achieve straight away. And mm -hmm. I like to, you know, get them thinking about things that are, little extra luxuries and in the current economic climate um 
you know, the idea of having that bit of extra cash to go out to dinner or to go to the movies or to maybe have a massage. And if you can relate it to, oh, you know, from my first event or party, whatever you call it, I got enough money to go and treat myself to a massage. Everybody in the room is suddenly going, hmm, maybe I should be thinking about this. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's real and it's believable and it's relatable and that changes everything. The interesting thing there is I think we think sometimes it's going to be really big, right? Like I I have to, you know, um, I was motivated by, you know, you talked about being motivated by uh, that first event you went to and seeing people, you know, up on stage and receiving awards and doing these amazing things. And you are naturally a high achiever, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone you're talking to has the same motivations. And those simple things you just talked about there, you know, maybe the luxury of having just a little bit of income for you to spend um you know the ability to go to the movies go for dinner you know those little things it's about understanding what makes them tick right rather than um what you know the the big picture which may come later on but for a lot of people especially those you're talking to initially it's not necessarily their motivator and getting that motivator for them is is critically important right absolutely And, um, you know, lately we've even been having people that are needing that extra income just to be able to to pay the mortgage now that, you know, rates are going up and that's not just impacting Australia, that's a global issue. Um, So wherever you're listening from, it could just be that you can say this is is how I am providing for my family so that we can Mm. maintain the lifestyle that we love. And um, this is a way to, you know, solve those economic challenges that people have. So it doesn't even have to be about the the things that feel unreachable and intangible that hopefully inspire them down the track to strive for a trip or a car or something. But I found that bringing it back down to what people in the room could see happening within a week of joining that immediate fast gratification that's I feel like that's one of the big keys yeah and I would say that's also a big key to keeping them in the business too right because one of the things in the back of my mind is okay we can recruit we can convince them to sign up but we also want to keep them when we want them to grow a business and that in itself is a very different uh skill set so um one of the questions I had for you was actually, and I feel like it, we, we sort of covered off on this because anyone listening to this right now is probably going, okay, I get Christine is probably a little bit like me. If you feel like, uh, I'm shy, um, you know, I'm not a really outgoing person. I don't naturally feel very comfortable approaching people and doing parties are hard enough. You know, a lot of people since COVID have stopped doing parties because they got a reason not to do them. And now there's that feeling of, oh, I've got to go back into doing demonstrations and events again, but I've, it's quite confrontational for me. Um, and I just want to throw something out there. Christine, you um, were that person. You, and you're, you are a self-confessed shy person, and yet you have still been an incredibly successful recruiter and grown you know, an amazing business. So can you just give a few little, I guess, hints or tips to those people who maybe are at the beginning around what you did when you didn't yet feel you had the credibility, you hadn't grown a business yet, and, you know, you might have been thinking, I've only been in this business for a short period of time. How do I how do I convince somebody else that they should be joining? What did you do in that position? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as I mentioned right at the start, I, I did literally throw up before my first parties. I had such bad anxiety. And um, so I put quite a bit of effort into the book to cater for people who don't feel like they're the life of the party, that they can just attract people to them because they're so awesome. And um Sometimes i found the best leaders and the best people in the business are people who are shy and have had to work a little harder perhaps to, to find a way to make it work. And um, that was me. Uh, so mm-hmm. I realised I, I used to be a primary school teacher by trade. And I thought, okay, what bits of my background can I bring to this that, that feel authentic to me? And I realised 
I used to love running show and tell at, at school, you know, with the kids. So I thought if a six-year-old can do show and tell, I can do show and tell. So <laughs> I thought I'll make it fun and interactive and I'll pass things around that make it tangible for people. And so I'd have a little show and tell box where I would talk about the things that I was benefiting from the business. And it made it so much easier for me to pick up, say, for example, I was saving for a wedding. So I picked up, you know, a little um, toy bride and, oh, you know, I'm doing this to save for my wedding. And um, also, you know, a, a credit card. I, I managed to pay off my credit card debt finally, you know, and just a couple of things, you know, just two or three little things about what you're getting out of the business. And for some reason, I found it easier doing a show and tell than just, just saying, yeah. join this business because you might be able to pay off your credit card debt. It's like, <laughs> that's not so much fun. So I kind of made it a little bit of fun. And I realized from my teaching background that 70% of the people in the room are visual learners. And yeah. um, so I started dedicating a third of my display to the business opportunity. And, you know, I'd have little scrolls of information people could take and they were beautifully bowed up and enticing. And I'd have a, a, a sign about the business opportunity and I'd have um, information that people could take and I'd have my little show and tell box. It's amazing how much just making sure you're focusing on it in some way visually can start to spur some interest. And I didn't want to have to ask people in those early days, are you interested? Would you like some information? So I had to tick the box in um, like a lucky lucky draw, like a, a door prize. Yeah. And there was a box on it that they could tick if they would like to have a bit more information. And I made it sound yeah. casual. I didn't say about the business opportunity about sharing this with your family, sharing some of these beautiful products with your family and friends. It doesn't sound too scary. I had quite a few people tick the box. So I thought, oh, this is easy. I'm not doing anything hard. <laughs> I just had to be a little bit creative with the ways that I would, um, would bring it to life without it being too scary or too confrontational. And um, I've, I've put into the book so many different ideas to help people um, bring it up and bring it to life and make it fun yeah. in ways that are not too scary, like make, bring in games and all sorts of different things that people can try to feel out what works for their personality because I think sometimes we're told you will recruit this way, this is what you will say, this is what you will do, this is how you will follow up. And it's like, meh, doesn't work for me, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And you've got to find out what works for you. Yeah, and it, look, that is such an important point. And, you know, you know that the way we teach social media is simply that everyone has their own recipe and we want to help you formulate that recipe. There's no one way to do social media. There's no one way to recruit. There's no one way to grow a business. Um, and I get really sick and tired, to be perfectly honest, of people standing up saying, this is the formula, do it this way. It's like, that's your formula. You worked that out for you, for your personality, for your audience. And by anybody else being told to do that, you're setting them up to fail and to feel like it's their fault and there's something wrong with them. So, you know, if you've tried a formula, you've tried a method and it hasn't worked, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, it's not because you're not as, as good as the next person. It's because it's not your formula. Um, and, you know, I found this too in the very early days of uh, my sales career before I moved into the marketing role I had, I was given a script. Now, in all seriousness, Christine, this was a five-page script that took 35 minutes and I was tested every month by my manager and I had to uh, repeat this script verbatim. This was my sales script. And so when I walked in and I sat down in front of a potential new customer, it, I would tell them and part of the script was even getting the appointment um, and uh, and it would be literally a matter of I would go from start to finish 
but I had to know the script so well that if this person got me off track, I knew exactly where I was and I'd come straight back to it and pull them back. So what I wasn't doing was building relationship. What I wasn't doing was being myself. What I was doing was being scripted um, and following somebody else's process. Now, whilst it was a very successful process in the sense that there was some psychology involved, what it took away from everyone in this particular company was the ability for them to be their unique selves. And so rather than it being a guide to help you um, and to use as a tool, it became this thing that everybody got so focused on that it actually set more people up to fail than to succeed. Um, luckily for me, I, I had the, you know, I was similar to you. I'm very determined and, you know, I was, I was not going to fail. And so, you know, I set things up so that I learned this script verbatim. I could repeat it, um, no problems. But when I went into my meeting and that manager was not there, I was, I was taking the psychology of what I was taught, but I was making it my own. And it wasn't until those moments where I realized those tweaks where my personality could actually be inserted and I could learn about them and I applied those things that I started to see this success come in. But it took a level of confidence to say, I'm not trusting that, I'm trusting my gut. And, you know, I think there's so much in that. And I did notice too, I'm going to bring up one of those things you just mentioned, Christine, because you actually do give a ton of different ideas in here. And I love that. One of them that you talk about, I was giggling to myself because I'm a little bit like this too. You talked about old school tools and one of them being paper forms, um, physical hard copy documentation. I really have to ask why and how do you use these? Do you still currently use these from time to time? I do sometimes, yeah. I, um, in this digital age, I feel like we've lost a little something with the, the personalization and the connection that we can have with some of the old school tools. And yeah. just having a plain basic paper order form gives you a few, a few things that, that make it feel a little bit more authentic and personal than mm. just pressing a few buttons on an iPad. <laughs> And I think um, partly when, when they write out a form, it gives, them, gives you an opportunity to have them tick a box again, which I came back to. That's just an easy tool. But even something as simple as giving them a receipt with a thank you sticker on it, because these days most orders are shipped direct to customers in a lot of companies. Yeah. There's not a, not a lot of opportunity to have that kind of little bit of extra customer care anymore. So just by handing over a receipt is um, something that feels just nice and um, just that personal connection. So simple things like that can make a big difference. Yeah, I love that. It's a good reminder that just because technology has moved, it doesn't necessarily mean we can't bring in some of the the old school tools and techniques. And I really actually truly believe that physical forms are really powerful. You know, it's funny when we do an event in person, if we are promoting any of our um, products, we will have a code on the screen for people, but I still hand out hard copy forms. And part of the reason for that, there's two reasons. Number one, it's a physical thing that you're doing, which means that there's more mental commitment to it when they're doing that. They're actually physically involving their body whilst involving their mind rather mm -hmm. than just typing into a digital screen. The other thing is that it requires them to hand it to you, mm -hmm. which means you get the conversation. You get to meet them and say hello and you know, if you really think about it, you know, what we do in our business is very similar. You know, we're recruiting people into our courses. And so, you know, if I speak at an event and we happen to do a recruit drive on that particular day, I want people to come up and talk to me because I know you are more likely to get better results by working with me if you and I have a relationship than if you've simply gone online and filled in a form and you're always just that person that knows me digitally. Yeah. And it can, you make a really good point there, Christine. You know, a lot of what the companies do now is, of course, deal with the customer direct. They're shipping direct. It's no longer a matter of, I don't know about you, I remember the day where the days when you would get the, you'd order everybody's order and it would come to your house and then you would pack them all individually mm -hmm. and you'd have to drive to their house and hand them <laughs> their order. Did you ever have to do that? For most of my career, it's very recent that we've moved on from that. 
So, yeah. yeah um, and, and in some ways I kind of missed that because it was the opportunity to ask them, you know, look, there's the, I'm really excited. There's a new product coming next month. And, you know, would you like me to tell you about it or bring you a sample when it comes out? We miss that opportunity now because we don't have that same physical contact we used to have. Yeah. Um, which kind of brings me to the next question. I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking here, so I'm going to hand back to you for a sec. But I really want to know how do you use technology now? Because, yep, hard copy forms are great. You know, going old school can be good, but we also know that we need to move with the times a little bit. And you have used technology mm. in your business. How do you use technology now to help you recruit better? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's become such an essential part of our business. And in, in a way, I was very well prepared for the pandemic because when Sophie was diagnosed, that was in 2016, so well before the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. I was in forced isolation with her, stuck in hospital for the best part of two years. So we had, um, we, I had to learn the skills that everybody else had to learn in 2020, um, in 2016. And uh, I was a little then, a little bit ahead of the curve, I guess you'd say, and I'd come across these fabulous tools that people have now, uh, many of you have discovered, but, you know, Zoom, you can do a party on Zoom, I discovered, with hosts that didn't want to, um, you know, to miss out on having me but knew I had to be in isolation with Sophie, so I just Zoomed in and they, they were supporting me in that way. Um, Canva, creating tiles is like this magic tool. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so those are two key ones. But things like um, Google Forms is another great way of having mm. those lucky door prize or, or survey monkey, either of those, having that lucky door prize mentality where they get to tick the box. It's so satisfying to tick something and yep. giving away a prize as people come into your online events um, that's a great way to get that interaction started. Um, so having tools like that. Even um, I found online jigsaw puzzles and online bingo um, generators and being able to put my recruiting messages within those tools to make it fun on online. But what they were doing is when they create, finished their jigsaw puzzle, it was a message about joining the business or something that you get out of the business. And and I could have 10 people do 10 different ones and they all had to post their finished result and it was 10 different messages. Um, it's just a fun way of bringing um, to life that that opportunity, that sparking that interest for the business using in online tools like that and of course I I, ha I absolutely rely on you and Greg to keep me up to date on everything that's going on in the social media world because I stopped being able to keep up to date with it and um, but we cannot survive these days without mm -hmm. Facebook and you know many people love Instagram as well but they are an essential tool for business. There's no denying that um, these days. So I try to keep up to date and check in with you and Greg when changes happen. It's like, oh, my God, now what have I got to discover? <laughs> <laughs> I know. You, can you imagine living it? <laughs> Um, so I, I love that you do such a beautiful combination of both things and you take things at your own pace, but you're always learning and implementing. I think that's the big thing. And I just, you know, anyone who's listening to this, I just really want to encourage you. I heard a really interesting podcast today where one of the, the biggest, um, false pieces of information people are given, um, about, that, that is essential when it comes to building a business is that you should always be learning. And the truth is that whilst learning is important, it's actually not what helps you grow a business. It's that you should always be implementing. And so, you know, I love what you've done with that. It's you've gone, okay, I'm picking up pieces of information. I know digital world is important, but, you know, let's just find out how, first of all, how can we tackle Zoom? How can we do that? Uh, how can we, you know, you don't have to get it all right. And I'm sure that when you did that, because you were forced out of necessity, you didn't wait for perfect. You got in there and you had a crack and you worked it out as you went um, and, and that helped you get ahead of that curve, which is really powerful. Mm, yeah. um, and, Christine, I'd love for you to share, you know, for our listeners right now, what, what are your top three tips for them to grow bigger and better teams? Whew, okay. Well, 
I think the first thing is to, it's okay to push out of your comfort zone and get started somewhere and um, to, to start trialing and, and do all different things and find out what works for you. Um, that's most important and not to just go, okay, well, that what I was told to do didn't work and think, okay, recruiting doesn't work for me. Find what works for you. And, you know, there's heaps of ideas in the book that might get you started and inspired. Mm-hmm. But then I think one of the, the tragedies in our industry is that so many people, once they've joined a business, do nothing with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, why <laughs> go to all the effort to find these people to join and then do nothing with them? So the fastest way to grow is to support the people that you find. It's like, you know, a bird in the tree is worth, what is it? I'm going to get this wrong. Bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah. something like that. that. Yeah. I think you get what I'm trying to say. It's like you've yes. got one, you found one, nurture that person while still yeah. looking for more. But if that person then goes on and starts to recruit, then you're growing faster and mm-hmm. um, sharing with them the, the benefits of the business and, you know, the things that they can get out of it by finding other people to join, then you can suddenly start to duplicate really quickly. So mm-hmm. it's not just about finding them. It's about loving and supporting and nurturing the ones that you have so mm-hmm. that then they start to grow and then that's how you can grow an empire really quickly. Yeah, that's really, and you know, in all honesty, I was sitting here before thinking, okay, it's one thing to recruit, but it's kind of that churn and burn mentality. We see that happen a lot where it's like, I get them in and then I hear people complaining because I recruit them and then they do nothing. Well, they don't know what to do. They're looking to you for that. Um, So, you know, that's really important, you know, to be focusing on those people. And, And really, if you think about it, that duplicating, you know, get five people to recruit one more person is a whole lot easier when you've got those people and you've established a relationship with them and you can now give them some tips and techniques. They go out, do that work, and suddenly, you know, it makes your life so much easier. Um, So, yeah, that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I know a lot of our listeners are wondering, how can I get Christine's book? If I want to read this, I want to go through the process, I want to do the activities, how can they get hold of your book? Probably the easiest way is to go directly to my blog, which is all one word, directsalesinspiration.com because that it's not hard to find it there. It's the first thing you'll see on any page and um, it will click you through to the best places to find it anywhere in the world. So wherever you're from, you'll be able to find a link to it through there and it will take you through to the sites in your country so that it's shipped locally and we'll put that link to your website as well or your blog um uh in the show notes with this podcast episode as well but christine just before we wrap up i've got some fun questions to ask you Uh, you've answered these before but i'm going to ask them again because that's how we do the podcast (laughs) the first one which is kind of funny yeah and now you have to give us a different answer for this one though um now I asked you what's your favorite book to add to the accelerator book list obviously we love Christine's book growing your direct sales team um but give us another book what's another of your favorite reads this was so hard because I set myself a challenge this year to read 50 books in a year and I'm already up to 40 so I've been cheering. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've been reading, but so it was a little hard to narrow it down. But yeah. um, I ended up going with 168 hours. You have more Ooh. time than you think. And it's by Laura Vanderkam. And um, it, honestly, it made me reassess what I was doing, what's <laughs> valuable to keep doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and how to be more effective with everything I was doing. And I have, honestly, I have made huge changes to my life since I read this book um, on New Year's Day, uh, huge changes. So I, I highly recommend wow. it. okay. Yeah, it's this, great. 
sounds like a really valuable read. And I know right now, if uh, more than ever before, we are, I feel like getting being time poor is getting worse. Mm-hmm. Is that just my imagination or is that just the world we live in? It's the older you get, the more time poor we become and the faster time seems to go. Yeah. So it's, it's, just it's, a, it's a quantum shift in the way you will think about time and what you're doing with your life if you read that book. It's brilliant. All right. Brilliant. Well, it's interesting because the book we're reading as a group inside of our Rise Up in a Circle right now is the 5am Club. Oh. Um, and there's a lot of, have you read that one? No, I haven't, but it's on my list. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a really great read. Um, most of the people in there, because we only do two chapters a week as a group and then we come back and discuss. And it's really funny because most people are really struggling to stop reading. Um, but the, the interesting thing is just that shift of mentality around um, the way we use our time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I'm finding that very interesting, but I'm going to check this book out. This sounds very, very interesting and definitely very valid right <laughs> now. So thank you for sharing that. Pleasure. Now, you know, the next question, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Okay. I, I know I was probably meant to say something different because I said this last time, but it's still so true. I, I still want to have the power to wave a magic wand and have people believe in themselves. Yeah, that was one of my favourite answers, by the way, oh. so I'm glad you haven't changed it. <laughs> I thought, oh, maybe I should do something cool, and it's like, no, that's what I want. <laughs> that is cool. I think that's amazing, and it's a very selfless, um, but uh, that would be amazing, and I think in so many ways this would be a better world if people did believe in themselves. No, I know it would. People would tear each other down a little less, don't you think? I think so. More... More understanding, more willingness to listen to the other side. That would be nice. Mm, Absolutely. Uh, Now, next question is your favourite quote. Uh, This was hard too because I gave you my favourite last time. (laughs) Your second favourite. Okay. I I came up, this was hard, but I decided, I narrowed it down to you are your only limit. Ooh, that's a good one. I do like that. Mm. Very, very good. Last but not least, if you could go back in time and say one thing to your past self, what would that be? Have faith in yourself. You are freaking amazing. I love it. Perfect. And a great way to finish uh, an episode on recruiting, by the way. Um, Thank you so much for having this chat with us today, Christine. It's been so great catching up with you again. And uh, look, in all honesty, I think you take recruiting from being this big, scary thing and you are so wonderful at, you know, breaking it down and being so real about it. Because at the end of the day, I think I don't care how confident you are. I think everyone's got a little bit of fear inside them around asking those questions. Um partly because of the stigma with the industry, but partly because we're afraid of people rejecting us. So I just really encourage you, you know, just take a couple of little tips from this, from what Christine has done. And I love what you said about, you know, at the end of the day, when you first started, you had to think about what were the little reasons people would do it? Not the big reasons, you know, let's stop looking at the big picture that you can earn this massive income and you could be up on the stage and have all these trips. What are just the little things right now, the quick wins? Um, and, you know, don't gloss over those because right now, you know, having a little bit of extra money in the bank account to pay for the groceries might actually be a huge win for somebody. So not impressing on them, you know, what your dreams and goals might be, but instead seeking out what theirs are. So look, I really appreciate you, Christine. Thank you so much for diving on in with us again today and sharing your amazing wisdom and knowledge with everyone. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here. And um, yeah, you've really made my day with those lovely comments. So thank you. Uh, look again such an honor and also to our beautiful listeners thank you again for tuning on in if you love this episode and of course if you know somebody who maybe is struggling a little bit with this process at the moment and needs just a little bit of reassurance maybe a little bit of that confidence to believe in themselves right now because you've got this you know please share this episode with them uh let them listen on in and hey you know maybe just as a gift for somebody sew into someone love on someone buy them a copy of christine's book I love that you really have put so much of your heart and soul into that beautiful book. Um, We've been giving this away as gifts as well inside of our membership group and everyone that's received it has just been blown away and has said how – 
helpful it was, but just how simple it was to implement and do the steps in there that you've given them. So thank you again so much. (laughs) It's so great to be able to chat with you again. And I hope we can do this again very soon, but bye for now, beautiful listeners. And thank you again, Christine. Thank you. Bye. If you love this video and you would love more help to improve your direct selling business on social media, then click on the link to join our Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you in there.